0: So honored to be with you all. Grab a seat, grab a seat. How many know there's no such thing as a perfect church? If you find it, don't go to it. You'll screw it up. I said this last two services. I'll say it again. Seriousness is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. Seriousness is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. God is not serious. I I can prove it. He He created you. Take a selfie and you will see his humor, okay? I just want to acknowledge really briefly, uh, the, you know, we, we, we've, I've been one that came from a, a culture of praying for revival and praying for awakenings. I just want to acknowledge that I believe we are in one right now in America. Yeah. <laughs> we are not praying for it. You probably have seen the social media about Asbury and what took place there, how God showed up in a seminary of kids that were praying, I believe there was at one point fifteen to twenty thousand descended upon the seminary. Uh, I mean, not, not from like heaven, like from different cities, uh, and and people were getting touched. I mean, one of my guys went and stood for seven hours in the line just to get into the chapel. The hunger that's taking place, you know, we're, you are. If you're breathing right now, we're a part of the same generation. Right, I know sometimes you think young and old. If you're breathing, we're a part of the same generation. And we are alive right now in church history where historical things have been taking place. You might not know. You know, YWAM started in the 1960s. You had a guy named Lauren Cunningham. Lauren Cunningham, probably, maybe, I don't know, has weeks, if not a few months left of life as stage four cancer has hit his body. But you can see that in the 60s, this guy had a vision and a dream to send missionaries all over the world. In the 60s, he sent four missionaries. Right now, YWAM has sent millions in your lifetime, millions of missionaries, 1,500 bases around the world in your lifetime. Maybe you've heard of events called The Call, led by a man named Lou Engle, where for 20 years gathered solemn assemblies all across the country. Pleading the blood of Jesus that Roe v. Wade would end, and we have seen now a day where there is no more Roe v. Wade. It is overturned. I want, I'm telling you these things because we're living in historic times. We're gatherings like the send is believing for a massive mobilization. I'm not trying to get weird again. I, I'm not the kind of guy that thinks everything is prophetic. You know, there are people like that. They got a sale at Macy's, that's prophetic. No, no, no. That's just debt, you know, it's just not prophetic. I I don't believe that everything is prophetic, but I do believe that we can look hindsight to what God has done. Prophet Bob Jones said that when the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, revival would come. Hold on, 1967, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Then 1970, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl again and Asbury breaks out in revival. Chiefs win the Super Bowl three years ago. 2023, Chiefs win the Super Bowl, Asbury breaks out again. What you may not know if you've seen that movie, The Jesus Revolution, that took place in 1971, a year after the first outpouring in Asbury. I wonder if we're in another movement right now, where another Jesus movement is coming. But that's not what I wanted to to talk about this morning. I wanted to lay a foundation for this church. I I know you've probably never see me here cuz i've never been here before but you have a foundation of worship and praise here in this church i can tell but i want to lay i want to lay it even more solid today that you'll know everything that's happening here is not emotional hype nor is it a charismatic denominational expression of worship it's actually biblical and may it never be said about v1 church that you calm down with age that you calm down with success or fear of being too much in love with Jesus. I want to lay a cultural stone this morning because I believe that you must understand the biblical foundation of praise. And you don't ever want to build a theology around an experience. You get a lot of people that have bad experiences at previous churches and they built entire theological viewpoints of God based on pain and hurt. You can't do that. Two things is really quick. We're going to set the stage for praise. Two, we're going to take it to the Bible because your opinions cease at the altar of his word. You get this. Before I do, I want to tell you a quick story. I, uh, Me and my wife, this was years ago. Uh, we wanted to take a vacation as a family. And so she wanted to go to Kona, Hawaii. Uh, there's a YWAM base there. <coughs> so we end up going to Kona and Um, one day she's like, Hey, you know, we're gonna go to the beach. And, and so I've never tanned in my life before. And so I thought this is going to be the moment I'm going to tan. I'm going to be, you know, I I am Hispanic. I don't know much Spanish, but I am Hispanic. It's, it's in the blood. So I go, I'm going to go to the beach. So we get to the beach and she picks like the furthest place we can go. You know, I mean, there's like no trails. And then I'm like the mule pulling all the bags and just I'm just like, you know. So I'm, I'm, we finally get there, we set up and I, 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 I take off my shirt to tan. I said, I'm gonna tan, I'm gonna lay out in the sun. She goes, I really think that you should use sunblock. I said, honey, I'm Hispanic, please. I have natural immunity towards the sun. Eh? She, she's from El Salvador. She's like, you should really put on some sunblock. I go, please, trust me. So I'm laying there. Right before you know it, I turn around and by the time I leave, I am just baked red, my entire body. So I'm thinking, ah, that's okay, you know, the red will turn to brown and, and we're good. So I, I get back there and about three days or maybe two or three days later, uh, no, it's probably a day or two later, I start getting this, uh, this itch in my body. And I say in my body because it wasn't on my body, it was like in my soul. And so I'm, I'm, I'm itching, and I, and that night was like our, our anniversary. Was, you know we we're gonna go out for a date, and I'm itching, and so I'm like ah. So then I start freaking out because it starts intensifying. So you ever have it like sunburned and you can't really scratch it? So what do you do? <laughs> so I'm like walking, I'm like ah, ah, and, and I don't know any 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 um wives here. Just raise if your if you're married, is your husband's babies? Come on, be honest. They get a cold and they say it's equivalent to your. You bearing children, it, it, it's not. I, I'm like, ah, ah, Mar, Mar, Marcella, Marcella, God, and I'm like, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. I'm like, oh, I, I know what's happening. There's like this itch, and, and she's like, oh my God, oh my God, okay, okay. So we start looking for like anything. We're in an Airbnb, so I find this old bottle of like aloe vera or whatever. So I'm just like, bah! you know, I'm just putting it all over. I'm like, it's not helping, it's not helping. So I jump in the shower, ah, it burns more. So then she goes, here, I don't know, put ice on it. I go, okay. I'm like, I'm rubbing. Imagine, ah, I'm just screaming in my house. My children are looking at me. And she's reading. She goes, oh, my God, Brian. I go, what? She goes, I think you have something called the hell's itch. I'm like, what is that? She goes, it's where you have really bad sunburn. And the worst thing you could put on it is ice. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just in so much pain. I mean, I'm in so much pain. I'm sitting there. I, 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 I go, where's the coconut oil? Somebody stuck it in the fridge. It was frozen. I'm just a spoon. I'm just like, you know, I'm imagine how crazy I look. I'm, I'm digging this coconut oil out. I'm putting it all over. And then I just go lay on the bed and I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to imagine I'm being tortured for Christ. It's the only thing that's going to get me through that moment. I'm not kidding. I'm literally like, all right, I love you. I love you. And all of a sudden I hear this little voice to my daughter, daddy, what can I pray for you? I'm thinking, no, this is hell's itch. Your prayers are no match for it. I'm oh, just kidding. I'm just like, ah, it burns. But I can't tell my daughter that. I mean, it's against everything I've taught. I'm like, sure, pray for me. They're praying for me. And I'm sitting there. I'm literally just like, I'm like, all right, give daddy a moment. Give daddy a moment. And I'm sitting there on this bed with all these thoughts going in my mind. It's this bed of pain. And I just begin to say, God, I love you. I don't know if you've ever began just to praise the Lord in these painful moments. And I'm sitting there praising God in this pain. it eventually goes away. But how many of you know that that praise is powerful when you're weak, but it's also powerful when you're not weak? Hold on, hear me on this. Like, most people can praise God in their mess. Few people can praise God in success. But remember, when you get to heaven, you don't give God your mess, you give, what what do the elders cast down? They give him their very success of their life. Everything you would say is summed up in, because I think we sometimes have this mindset that praise is reserved just when you're your absolute worst. It's also reserved when you're at your absolute best. This is why David gained language of praise, right? He was the first one that called God beautiful. He gains, I mean, he has everything he could possibly think of, yet he's like, ah, oh, let me build you a house. You know that that wasn't even God that told him to do that? Do you know that God wasn't like, build me a place to pray or build me a place to encounter me. Build me a place where you'll pray. Worship, praise. That wasn't God. That was David's desire from his intimacy was to build God a place where he would be exalted. To build him a house. Right? Did you know that? Like, great. Like, we must begin to understand that boredom is the greatest tragedy of our Christianity to show up here and be bored? Right? That's why so many of us, when we're in church, we get on our phones. Because the substitute for presence is entertainment. Most people, no, no, I mean, this is not a bash at all, but mo- and I'm, I'm guilty of this. We don't live a life grounded in presence, so we come in a room like this, we can. We can lift up a few songs, but the moment we leave, we're back to normal where our minds are filled with entertainment. My, my, my dream this morning is that you would have a cultural foundation that can take this far beyond these walls. We're going to do it in a moment, okay? We're going to do it in a moment because how you praise outwardly is how you view God inwardly. You know that. I preached one time about praise and this guy comes up to me. He goes, I've been in church for 40 years and today was the first day I lifted a hand. Wow. I know that that's not this kind of church. Most of you guys are pretty wild, but it doesn't mean it's become a culture yet. You know, Christians have prayer meetings. Muslims have prayer cultures. You won't find youth pastors really in the Islamic faith because fathers do their job. Fathers are leading their homes. Now, I'm not advocating for Islam, but I'm I'm telling you, you can see that. Why is it that Solomon had so many wives? You ever wonder? I mean, I have a theory. You have David who fails with Bathsheba. And because of his failure, he probably lacked to father his son. In his own shame and guilt that I failed, so why would I tell you anything? Fathers, if you're in the room, listen. You might have failed, but that does not mean you have no authority to teach the next generation. Why why is there no praise in my home? Do you praise? You know, most places I go to, the women are always the wild ones. How many women in here? Can I just say thank you? That for decades you have carried the church? in so many ways. Could I just acknowledge the women in the room? For you mothers, you have prayed for your husbands, for your children. If you don't believe that God uses women, I, I'm so sorry you haven't really read the scriptures. You know the first evangelist was a woman divorced five times at the well. The first one whom Jesus reveals himself to she goes back and tells her village, Oh, come, come and see the man that's. And she brings back these people. I mean, I would venture to say, Do you know that also the, the, the women, the first one that went to the tomb and discovered that Jesus had risen from the dead was not the men? It was the women. And they brought the report back to the men, and they didn't even believe them. I can imagine the pride of those men surely he would have revealed himself to us first. Women, that was your moment. Like, like, like. But praise, it's not limited to whether you're a man or a woman. Praise is a foundation you all must carry. How you praise outwardly is what you think about God inwardly. If he's boring to you, he'll be boring in how you express it. If you look at him as angry, that's how you'll express him. If you look at him as distant, that's how you'll express him. But if you see him as beautiful, that he's met you, that he's saved, that's how you express him. I'm just, I'm just teaching for more. That okay? The book of Revelation, you can see that this book was written by a man that was taken to complete isolation. Okay? And in that place, he receives one of the greatest revelations. Check this out. And after he gets done kind of correcting the heart of the church, he goes into laying a foundation. John lays out a foundation in Revelations of what biblical praise looks like in heaven. Because if heaven is our destination, then we must adopt the culture of heaven here on the earth. It's like if you're getting ready to go to to, to Asia or to Latin America, but you refuse to learn the culture or the language, you will probably not really fit in when you get there. If loud music and worship bothers you now, I don't know if you're going to enjoy heaven much. I don't know if you'll enjoy the other place much either, but you could see John painting this picture in the book of Revelations. And this is what he paints flashes of lightning. Pearls of thunder. Four living creatures. Think about this. The, uh, the, the creatures, the Bible says, are covered in eyes. That, that's the most interesting thing. Their full-time occupation in heaven is to gaze. And the, the angels, like, rather you worship, in the next few moments, we're gonna, we're gonna actually do this. Rather you choose to worship or not, does it negate the fact that twenty-four-seven, day and night, night and day, angels encircle His throne, crying, "Holy, holy, holy," is the Lord God Almighty. How? Most of us get tired of singing the same song three weeks in a row. They've been singing the song, same song, for I don't know trillions of years. I don't know why. Every time I believe they gaze upon Him, it throws them back around the throne. They understand the nature of God. They, they, they see him on the throne. 24 elders casting down their crowns. But how do you create that into a culture? How is it not just hype? Or how is this not just reserved for charismatic churches? Because a lot of times we get into the vein that this is just a charismatic expression. Worship, praise. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you came from a more conservative church. Anybody here come from a conservative church and you're like, man, this is wild. They're singing like Rafa, Jireh, the Lion of Judah. I thought his name was Jesus. You know, you're, you're like... And a lot of times we can become spectators in rooms like this. Instead of leaning in, we lean back. See, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this is God. So how do you move it from being a hype or a certain stream or a denomination How does it go from just being something that is a charismatic expression and realizing that this is available for all types of denominations? Because this is not about a denomination, it's about what biblical worship is. I didn't speak this the first two services, just so you know. I felt this was very specific for you. Those watching online, check this out. I wanted to break down seven biblical Hebrew words for worship that you might not know. And what I want to do is we're going to actually do these words. Can we do that? Can we do that this morning? Okay. The first one I want to break down. Everyone say yada. Yada. No, say yada. Yada. Now I'm from California. Reggie from the Bay. Y'all remember the hyphy movement? Maybe you don't out here. There was something called the hyphy movement, E40. They would ghost ride the whip, 18 dummy. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It's okay. (laughs) <laughs> and they had this term Yada mean. Well, yada actually is a Hebrew word, and it means this to extend your hand in worship. So when Pastor Patrick says, lift up your hands, he's not trying to hype you up and get a good camera angle and a good picture. He's actually biblically leading you to Yada the Lord. Do me a favor, stand up. All over the room. You're gonna yell to the Lord right now. Just wherever you're at. I hope you wore deodorant this morning. Keep your hands. 10 seconds, just begin to give them thanks with your hands lifted. Go. Five, four, three, two, one, sit down. That's called yada. Where's it in the Bible? Second Chronicles 20 verse 21. Give thanks. The word thanks is yada to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give God an extended hand. Psalms 63 verse 4. Psalms 107 verse 15. Genesis twenty nine verse 35, 2 Chronicles seven verse three, Psalm sixty I think I said that one. Isaiah twelve verse one, Jeremiah thirty three verse eleven. There's plenty of verses for the skeptics that say I'm not quite sure if I want to lift my hands. It's not a matter if you want to; it's that you get to. This is a form of worship. So the next time you're sitting there and you're like, well, "Lift your hands," well, God didn't lead me to that. He did. Way back in Genesis. It's a a form of worship. You yada the Lord. What is yada? Let me go to the next one. Okay, you ready? Oh, by the way, I know this has been said before. Lift your hands. It's like a cop pulls you over and, you know, puts a gun at you. No, no, no. You're surrendering. No, no, no. no. That's terrifying. Yada-ing the Lord is, again, not because you have to. You get to. Okay. From thankfulness and joy. Let me go to the second word. Everyone say halah. Hala. Say halah. Hala. This is where you get the word hallelujah from. And if you don't know what this means, it means this, to be clear, to praise, to shine, to boast, to celebrate, and to look foolish. Most people actually don't ever holla the Lord because they're so stuck to their outer image. We worship a like That is very beautifully put together. When's the last time you looked foolish? When's the last time you jumped, you shouted, you spun, you didn't care what you wore, your makeup, your shoes? That's actually a form of worship. Where's it in the Bible? Psalms 113, one through three. Bible says this, Praise, halah, ye the Lord. Praise, halah, O ye servants of the Lord, praise Halah, the name of the Lord. You actually have permission in the Old Testament to look foolish in worship. I know no one likes that one. No one likes that one. We're gonna do it in a moment. Psalms 150, verse 1 Praise Halah, the Lord. Halah, God in His sanctuary. Hal him in his mighty expanse. Psalms 149, verse 3. Let them hallow his name in the dance. Let them sing praises with tambourines and harps. Other verses, Judges 16, Samuel verse 14, 25, 2 Chronicles 7, Ezra 3. I mean, we can go on and on and on and on and on. But hallow is another expression of worship. We're gonna do it in a moment. Okay? So what's the first? To do what? What's the second? Are you good? Are we good on time? I just got to get through these. Are we okay? Halah. Stand up for me. Here's the thing about halah. There's no certain format or order, but if you were the only one in the room and God broke through for you in the craziest way on the count of three, how would you respond? One, two, three. sit down next word some of you are getting free the next one is called shabak say shabak. shabak have you ever had pastor pastor mike or pastor patrick come up and say lift up your voice that's not them hyping up the room it's actually a hebrew word called shabak it's a holy roar it means to shout and to address in a loud tone There are moments the Bible commands us to worship with a loud tone. I don't know if you know this, but when an enemy surrounds a lion, even if the lion looks weak, if the lion is able to roar, the enemy knows that it still has a fight. The moment a lion can't roar, it has no more fight. doesn't matter how weak it is. Stand up again. We're going to shabak the Lord for 10-15 seconds. This is not like, yay. This is like, I'm done with you messing with my family. I'm done with you taking my children. I'm done with this addiction. He is greater. Count of three. We're going to shabak the Lord. Okay? Everything you got. This is where you have permission. Listen, you already do shabaks. Did you watch the World Cup? They shabaked. Messi. There's already roars that go up, but few of those roars. Can we do this for a moment? Count of three. We're gonna shabak the Lord. Full permission to get as wild as you want. If you want to do, if you want to do the first one, if you want to do the second one, you want to look foolish. You want to extend your hand, and you want to shabak. This is your moment, okay? For those of you that have been waiting, this is your moment. If you need to tell someone to move over, just tell them to move over for a moment. Are you ready? One, two, three. 10 seconds, 10 seconds. Come on. Psalms 47, verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. The Bible says, shout, shabak to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Psalms 145, verse 4. Listen. 145 verse 4 says, one generation shall Shabak thy works to another. It is your job to shout to Gen Z the works of God and what He's done. <laughs> Grab a seat. I got I got a few more and I'm done. Can I get the worship team up here for a moment? Because this involves you. If you've come from conservative churches that told you drums were from the devil, I'm so sorry. You were misled. Because this Hebrew word for praise that I'm going to read now is called zamar. Say zamar. This is actually where you get the worship team concept. See, this band, every time he jumps on key, he's going he's gonna to give me a key right now. Just give me a key right now. No, 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 no like something nice. I was, oh, thank you. That was like abrupt. <laughs> That is not emotionalism. That is not like, okay, we're closing in. That is actually a Hebrew word called zamar. It means this, to pluck the strings of an instrument, to pluck the strings of an instrument, to praise a musical, in a musical way, and a joyful expression of music. Bible says in Psalms twenty-one verse thirteen, "Be exalted, O Lord, in Thy own strength." So we will sing and praise. That word praise is Zamar, Thy power. First Chronicles sixteen verse nine, Psalms fifty-seven eight through nine says, "Awake, my glory! Awake, harp and lyre! I will awaken the dawn. I will give thanks to Thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing Zamar among the nations." Ten seconds. Will you just Samar the Lord? Just you just instruments, no singing. Ten seconds. That's not emotionalism, that's called zamar. So what happens when you todah, halah, shabak? zamar all at once you embody what praise and worship looks like according to the bible not your denomination hold on i'm not done i'm not done i'm not done i got a few more just stay up here stay up here the next one is called todah say todah say todah now this is an interesting form of praise because todah is where you begin to give thanks to god for things he has not done yet Some of you thought, I thought that was like word of faith. No, 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 no. That's called tada. It's where you're able to allow your praise to be above and forward before your breakthrough. It's where you got a son that doesn't serve God, but you know he will. You got a marriage that might be failing, but you know God's going to come through. You might not have the finances, but you know God's going to come through. Will you stand to your feet? 10 seconds you're gonna toadah the Lord whatever it is that you have not seen come through that is what you're gonna give praise for right now one two three ten seconds thank him 50, verse 14, offer unto God, Todah, and pay thy vows unto the Most High. Psalms 50, verse 23, whoever offers praise, Todah, glorifieth me. Psalms 42, verse 4, Jeremiah 17, verse 20 says, you can see there are many times in the scriptures where you give praise to God for things you don't have yet. You following me? Okay, next one. You guys keep playing slightly. Next one, and then we're going to let you guys rip it, Okay. Next one is called Barak. Say Barak. It's not Obama. Barak. Barak. You ever have you ever have a moment in church or where you feel like, man, I just got to get on my knees? That's called Barak. You're kneeling to bless God as an act of adoration. It's an Old Testament word of praise. You Barak, Lord, can you try it for a moment? Just get on your knees if you're if you're physically able to. If you if you're physically just just try it. This is a posture of humility right now. Just wherever you're at, try this for a moment. Just begin to thank him right now on your knees, just where you're at. Come on, 10 seconds, just thank the Lord. Let me read you where this is from. Psalms 95 verse six. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel, barak, before the Lord our Maker. Chronicles 29 verse 20. Psalms 34 verse one. I will bless, I will barak the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. Will you stand to your feet now? Last one. This is my favorite. Because nobody's left out of this. Listen, I know this might be weird. Some of you probably, maybe, never been to a church where there's like stand up. Unless maybe went to a Catholic church, but stand up, sit down, shout it. Listen, this is teaching you how to take this outside of this. Because guess what? They're not going home with you when you got issues. Guess what? When you're tempted, he ain't gonna come out of the out of like your your living room. Pastor Patrick can't be with you at all times. You are gonna have to know how to praise. You're gonna. Gen Z, you're gonna have to know how to praise. You are in one of the most wildest generations ever in history of America. But it almost feels, in ways like we're back in the 60s and 70s where the devil thought he had a generation. You've seen it. Time magazine puts years before God is dead. 1971, the Jesus revolution. What if your praise unlocks something in this entire region? Let me go to the next one. The next one is called tequila, and then I'm done. Not tequila, tequila. Some of you got excited. You're like, tequila? No, no, no. This is a praise... Where you sing songs that are unrehearsed. That means, you ever, you ever, you ever been standing there and you're just like, Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love It's like it's not a song that's been written, but something's coming out of you. Y'all hearing me? Y'all hearing me? Y'all hearing me? Listen. Singing rehearsed songs are beautiful. But there's something unique when you sing a song that no one else has written because it's coming from your heart any shower singers here you're off pitch all the time okay this is your moment this is not about being on tone the right pitch the right set this is about you just singing a song could do me a favor lift your hands I've already told them right before I came up don't sing a song that's been written where you're at would you just begin to lift your own song listen i know this is a little weird but maybe your song is thank you jesus thank you jesus whatever whatever is from your heart would you try this right now just begin to sing your own song and would you guys take this next moment to sing just your own song come on all over the room lift your voice Now we're gonna do next two minutes we're gonna embody all seven however you want to express your praise would you allow yourself to I was in Mexico years ago and there was I was in worship and there was this guy in the back who kept going "Ah," like fast songs then the slow song Oh, finally I went to the pastor and I said hey is he okay pastor goes oh yeah that's just Richie I was like well what's wrong with him he goes oh nothing he goes Richie's blind we found him on the streets in Tecate his mom abandoned him when he went blind we found him we brought him in to our church family began to take care of him and he began to tell us dreams that he would have Of a man on a white horse coming to him I go so why does he do that he goes oh he's worshiping he goes see Brian because he's blind he doesn't care what anyone thinks about him because he can't see them anyways can we worship for the next two minutes like Richie like no one's around like you're not self-conscious if your buddy's gonna judge you come on just where you're at lift your hands Next two minutes, just praise Him, praise Him.